0: Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar.
1: Thank you for stopping by and having a listen. This is my new show. Right. Like I need a new fucking show. Four shows down. This is the fifth episode. This show is called Dean's Got Answers. Answers to what? Answers to anything and everything. In this show, I'll break down the questions you have about the UFC and provide my answers. It might not be the answers that you're looking for, but guess what? That's not why you're tuning in, right? You want to hear from me, Dean Thomas, UFC vet, coach to the biggest names in the sport, co-star of Dana White looking for a fight, host of the Dean Diaries. I'm an analyst, podcaster, comedian, combat scientist, etc., etc., etc. But I'm going to keep this show simple. Each episode, I'll tackle three questions about the UFC, give you my take, my opinion, and my answer of each I'll hit on everything from the fun and wild moments the sport has to offer to the inner workings of the sport. No question is off limits. And by the way, if you have a question for me, don't be bashful. DM me at Dean Thomas, Dean is spelled D-I-N. Oh, and you know what else I'm going to do? Each episode, I'm going to slide up into my Rolodex and holla at a homie for a second opinion. I'll bring on the biggest names in the sport and see if they agree or disagree with me. And today... I'm going to at one of the top band of weights in the world, Rob Font. On this episode, I'll break down and answer the following questions. One, with the first pay-per-view of the year approaching, who will win each main card fight at UFC 283? Now, y'all better listen to me. In the hood, they call me Nostro Demus, 2. Then this is the what the fuck question. What the fuck is up with? And I'm going to talk about some crazy moments of the sport on this episode, What the fuck is up with all the fighters bulking up lately? Everyone trying to get they swole on. And three, who's the top Bantamweight contender? And I'll have New England cartel representative Rob Font to chime in. So turn up the volume, kick back, take heed to the words I speak, and let's go. The UFC has had so many incredible pay-per-views in 2022, so the first one in 2023 looks like it will be a banger. So I must break down and answer. Who will win each fight on the main card of UFC 283? The first fight on the main card is between two experienced fighters as the number nine ranked Paul Craig as a plus 145 underdog and the number 12th ranked Johnny Walker at a minus 170 favorite will face off in a light heavyweight bout. Scotland's Paul Craig is a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt with a knack for finishing. He's got finishes over Nikita Krylov, Magomed Ankoliyev, and Jamal Hill. In fact, 13 of his 16 wins have come by submission. It will make him a constant threat, because even if he can't get the takedown, you still have to worry about his submission attack. When Johnny Walker first jumped on the scene, he made a name for himself by knocking out his first three opponents. He's tall, he's athletic, and he has knockout power. Even with a couple of setbacks, you can't take away his attributes, his accomplishments, nor his potential. This is a fight that I do not expect to go to distance. Both of these guys are very good at finishing in their own right. Now, I'm going to pick Paul Craig to upset Johnny Walker in Brazil based on his aggressive submission attack. And in the past, we know Johnny Walker has shown some deficiencies in his grappling. It's not that he's a bad grappler, but not going to be good enough for the tricky Paul Craig now after these big dudes fight next on the card is a women's flyweight bout between Lauren Murphy at a plus 360 and number six ranked Jessica Andrade at a minus 450 now first off I think this number is incredibly lopsided and very disrespectful to Lauren Murphy so let's talk Lauren Murphy what Lauren Murphy has accomplished over the last couple of years has been nothing short of remarkable, and she should be very proud of herself. She's won six of her last seven fights, with her only loss being two, the champion, Valentina Shevchenko, in a title fight. Then, she bounced back with an amazing performance over the former Bantamweight champion, Misha Tate, and she's never looked better. But she will have her hands full with Jessica Andrade, who, in my opinion, is on track to having a Hall of Fame career. She's the former strawweight champion and has wins in three different weight divisions. She KO slammed Rose Units for the title, strangled Amanda Lamos. But you know what she's most remembered for, for me? No, it's not her OnlyFans page. But it's when she spun Caitlin Chikagian around with a body shot in Abu Dhabi. And for this reason, her power I think that could be the difference in this fight and give her the advantages in those close situations, but I would not be surprised to see Lauren Murphy steal a decision under these conditions. In Brazil, I think Jessica will sneak out with a close decision, if not a questionable decision, with a win over Lauren Murphy. Regardless, that fight should be fireworks. But next on the main card is a fight that will not disappoint. And that's between two welterweight contenders and they face off. That's the number five ranked Gilbert Burns at minus 350, taking on the number 12th ranked Neil Magny coming back at plus 290. Now, where do I begin with Gilbert Burns? He is rich in talent. He has the most diverse, complete skill set Of all the welterweights, he's athletic, he has power, and not only can he fight, but he also competes well. In fact, in the last episode, I protested that he was the most dangerous welterweight in the world, and I stand by it. But Neil Magny, he's tall, he's long, he has a great skill set, he's durable, and he has a great gas tank. Here's some facts about Neil Magny. In one of my last professional fights, I was the main event, While Neil Magny was on the amateur card of the show. I also watched him wrestle in college. Tyron Woodley was his head coach. But Neil has had a tremendous MMA career. But he does seem to struggle with the top tier guys. So this is a situation where I expect him to struggle down in Brazil against Gilbert Burns. Neil should be able to do well early using his reach, but I expect the power of Gilbert and the grappling of Gilbert to eventually overwhelm Neil. So in this fight, I gotta ride with Doreenio, Gilbert Burns. After that epic fight, we will see the first ever quadrility fight in UFC history take place in the co-main event as Davison Figueiredo will defend his flyweight belt against the former champion and current interim champ, Brandon Moreno, in this pick'em fight. It's minus 110 on both sides. I love this. And this is the first time we will ever get to see two guys fight four times. Well, except if you count maybe your two drunk uncles at the barbecue, but that won't even be as good as this. At one time, I thought Davison Figueiredo was easily the most athletic and explosive flyweight in the world. He has power. He's creative. He has a great team behind him. And the last time he fought, he got his hand raised. He had the belt wrapped around his waist. He was able to celebrate and watch Brandon Moreno walk outside the octagon with his head down. And this is important because that is momentum. And if Brandon can't separate that, he will allow Figgy to go into this fight with that momentum. However, I do not expect Brandon to allow that to affect him. I think Brandon learned his lesson from that loss and will not allow anything other than the fight to matter. Now, in the last fight, Brandon allowed his emotions to get involved, and it cost him. Now, Brandon having to change camps, again, I'm sure there can appear to be some distractions. But we're talking about a guy who willed himself into this position through dedication, hard work, and an insane belief in himself. So with his boxing skills, it starts with his piston-like jab, his improved wrestling, and his ability to strangle from the back, I see him winning this fight and reclaiming his belt. Brandon Moreno will come out as the flyweight champion. Now, hopefully, Figueredo and Moreno settle their rivalry, and we don't have to see a fifth fight. Finally, we get to the main event for the vacant light heavyweight title as the number two ranked and former light heavyweight champion, Glover Teixeira, takes on the number seventh ranked, Jamal Hill. Glover coming in at a slight dog at plus 105. Jamal coming back at a minus 125. The cards couldn't have played out better for both Glover and Jamal. And I'm sure that they both sent Christmas cards to Jan Blahovic and Magomed Ankalaev this year because of the way this played out. Glover is a fighter's fighter. He's been around for a long time and has fought through different generations. Solid boxing fundamentals and strong jujitsu has been the infrastructure of his fight game. But what makes Glover unique is his MMA lineage and John Hackleman. Now, John Hackleman comes from a Hawaiian Kempo background, which is more of a self-defense and a I'm going to hurt you before you hurt me mentality. And it's important to note that because when you think of it that way, there's an element to Glover's mentality that's not thinking sport, score points, or this is a game. And this may be the reason he can still compete with the best of the best regardless of their age. Jamal Hill, on the other hand, is completely different. He's younger, contemporary, and a new school type of fighter. His instincts for fighting, despite his youth, are probably the best I've ever seen. He too is a fighter's fighter. He's an accurate puncher. He is devastating. His knockout of Johnny Walker will always be on a highlight reel. And if you saw that fight with Tiago Santos, you know he's got that dog in him. The biggest X factor here is we do not know how he's going to do against a grappler as strong and experienced as Glover. We know exactly what Glover's capable of. His loss to Yuri Prochaska not only embarrassed him, but it probably motivated him and reminded him that if you lose your focus, you will lose. I believe Glover will use this as an opportunity to redeem himself. I believe Glover will get his belt back, but it'll also be the lesson That teaches Jamal how to be a champion. And one day he will be champion. The first pay-per-view of 2023 sure looks stacked. But who's going to win each main card fight at UFC 283? I'm going with Paul Craig with a relentless submission attack. Jessica Andrade. Her power will be the difference in a close controversial fight. Gilbert Burns. I believe he's simply just the better fighter. Brandon Moreno. It's his time. And Glover Teixeira to redeem himself in an epic Retirement battle. Now we know fighters cut a lot of weight, and that's no surprise. But what the fuck is up with all these fighters bulking up lately? Now fighters do this for the purposes of vanity, intimidation, and confidence. The first fighter that comes to my mind that is bulking up as he recovers from an injury is Conor McGregor. Reports that Conor McGregor is walking around at 190 Listen, I think he looks bigger. My man looks like the Liver King's evil twin brother. Now, Connor was a legendary fighter at 145. He won a title at 155. But since that moment, it's been all downhill. So Connor's ego is telling him, if you can't win a fight, at least look like you can. Another fighter that's always jacked, and he's bulking up, is middleweight Paulo Costa reports that he walks around at 225 pounds. Now remember this, October 2021, Costa was supposed to fight Marvin Vittori at 185, but the fight had to take place at 205 because Costa couldn't make weight during fight week. You know what that is? Pure vanity. Paulo Costa looks like a Ricky Martin on steroids. He is living la vida loca. Fighters from all over the world bulk up. Two to come to my mind are the Dagestani's Habib Nurmagomedov, who was the former 155-pound champion and the current 155-pound champion, Islam Makachev. Reports are that Khabib used to walk around at 187 pounds when he was out of camp. UFC 209, Habib was forced out of his fight with Tony Ferguson and found himself in the hospital dealing with dehydration and liver pain due to that weight cut. And Islam, if you know him, he also looks very big, but I'm gonna explain why. Because these dudes are pure athletes and to be a pure athlete like these dudes you have to eat like a bear and I'm sure they eat like bears they probably sit around eating borscht all day have you ever had borscht that shit is delicious I've seen some recent photos of Hamzat Chimaev, and he looked mad beefy to me this is a statement that he wants to fight at middleweight because Alex Pereira is looking like food to him Chimaev beefing up should be no surprise because he's always shown a lack of discipline not all fighters bulk up, some bulk down. A fighter that used to be bulked up as a rugby player is 145-pound champion Alexander Volkanovsky. Now, he weighed 214 pounds when he played rugby. Dog, you doing it wrong. You going the wrong way. No, nah, but this speaks volumes about his discipline and level of professionalism, which is why he is so successful. Now, some fighters get swole and others just get fucking fat. For example, bantamweight champion Aljamain Sterling has been very open about this in the past. Aljo said he gained a massive 40 pounds of weight just 10 days after his title victory over Peter Yawn at UFC 273. Aljo, what the fuck did you eat? Kai Kara France. Another fighter who's notorious for gaining weight on purpose in between fights is 155-pound fighter Patty Pimlet. He reportedly walks around at about 200 pounds when he's not fighting. In fact, when he fought in London, I showed up in Liverpool a few days later. He walked into the gym with a box of donuts. He was juggling them into his mouth like they were M&M's. I was like,
0: God
1: damn. Now listen, Patty, when you're young, you can get away with things like this. 25, maybe even 27. When your metabolism is still strong, is still high, you can get away with these things. But as you get older... You cannot get away with this. Your body will not allow you to function when you blow up in between camps. It's going to have a lot of stress on your organs, and it will affect your performance as a fighter. You have about five good years where you have to have the level of professionalism and discipline of Alexander Volkanovsky. Take a lesson from that man. In the history of the UFC, the fighter that probably was plagued most with weight issues, in my opinion, might have been Johnny Hendricks. Johnny Hendricks used to blow up in between fights, and you saw what that did to his career. It didn't last very long. So, as a fighter, keep your weight in check. So what the fuck is up with all these fighters broken up lately? Keep your weight in check, guys. If you want your career to last, you got about five good years where you have to have discipline and a level of professionalism like Alexander Volkanovsky. You can argue that the Bantamweight division is the deepest and most dangerous division in the UFC. Now although there is no clear cut number one title challenger, I must break down who's the top Bantamweight contender. First, let's talk about why this division is so dangerous. Skill, speed, power, tactics, Heart, competitiveness. The Bantamweight division has it all. And the depth that the Bantamweight division possesses can only be rivaled by the Lightweight division. But there's a big difference between the Lightweight division and the Bantamweight division. The Lightweight division has a bunch of stars in it. And because of their star power, sometimes these guys don't need to fight and are not willing to take certain chances. But you don't get that with the Bantamweights. They're always trying to prove themselves so it's more likely that you're going to get the fights that you want to see. The division's biggest star, Sean O'Malley, is often underrated by his peers, but he's often willing to put it on the line. And you can match up any of the top 20 guys, and they can completely change the game. Now, to further answer this question, who's the top Bantamweight contender, I'm going to holler at a homie. And I am pleased to welcome the sixth-ranked UFC Bantamweight, Rob Font. And now joining me, repping the New England cartel. You know him, you love him, the man himself, Mr. Rob Font. Rob, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great. How you doing, Dean? I'm doing excellent, man. Couldn't be better. So today I was talking about the top band and weight contenders. And first. I I have my opinions I have my thoughts on this but first off I want to ask you for me I think the Bantamweight division is the number one division in the world Uh, and it's dangerous and you think so too because obviously you're a part of it Uh, but why but why do you think that it's the best division in the world
2: Um, I think that the pace the skill set and then uh, the amount of like I would say killers in the division everybody can finish everybody can wrestle everybody can you know, get the submission. So you never know what to expect each and every night. Um And I think we all know how to carry a pace and we all put on exciting fights. Now,
1: looking at the guys in the division, to me, it's, it's so solid. It's so strong. If you could pick the five probably top contenders, who would you put in
2: there? Oh, man, you know, you, 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 you can do it. You can go Top 15 And throw the next And, line and it mix them all, all up Right numbers. Yeah it's tough man it's, 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 a, it's a Yeah it's It's tough division to You know you got guys That are like coming up they like this I'm fighting Ajayana um, is coming up soon I'm, I'm just as scared Of that fight I was when I was Fighting Jose Aldo You know like Yeah th- These guys Everybody's in here to kill it. Everybody's quick Everybody's tough um, you obviously you're ready to go through one through five and rank those guys but you can go f- five to ten or you know ten to fifteen and it's still going to be a dangerous, exciting fight so the, the division is packed um obviously you gotta get you guys you got you got peter yon sean o'malley uh cory Sand hanging Chito, that right there all those guys right there alone kill it plus the champ himself. So. so let's talk about each one individually so let's talk about peter yon first what makes him yep. so dangerous? Um, I, I believe he, he, he's, he's patient. You know, he's real patient. He downloads a lot of uh, a lot of uh, information. I would say the first two first two rounds, and then he he, he exploits what he what he believes he, he's seen or he's learned, and um, he knows how to kind of ride that pace out you
1: know okay and how about marab i'm not even going to butcher his last name out of respect <laughs> for marab so and i always must as much as i look at his name and go, oh i could say it now i always mess it up uh, so i'm just going to just call him
2: marab i always say i always say that if you can't pronounce the name you gotta assume there's some great wrestlers you know so, <laughs> yeah, right you got the truth <laughs> no. so i always go ahead. if i can't pronounce it once i get the text i'm like all right i gotta be fighting a wrestler you know so
1: so so tell me about marab what makes him a top contender Again,
2: um, with MMA, you know, if you're the solid wrestler, you can control the pace. You can control where the fight goes. You know, you can either, at any time, he wants to keep it standing, he can. If at any time he wants to take it down, he can. So knowing that, I think he has confidence, knowing that at any time he can put the flight fight on the ground.
1: And how about now, number five ranked, Corey Sanhagen. What separates him from others?
2: Um, the footwork, the length, uh, his creativity. You know, he, he's, uh, he's throwing flying knees. He's going for heel hooks. He's uh, looking for elbows. I love the way he goes to the body. You know, he, he he's really long with that left hook to the body, and um, and he's fun to watch. Plus, he's he's that he has that long kickboxing pick you apart with that jabs, with the jab hook, that that long uh, range, rangey type of striking, which is which is always cool to see.
1: Absolutely. So these are guys in the top five, probably unquestionably to anybody's knowledge. Now let's talk about some guys that you have faced, and I want to get your insight on these guys. So you fought Pedro Munoz back in 2017. Uh, I mean, to me, he's still a dog, and he's still right up there with the best of them. What do you think about his skill set, and how does
2: he factor into all this? Man, that guy got shit on him. He, he's got a, a solid chin. he was kicked box, but I was hitting him with some clean shots, and he was just laughing at me. Uh, I say he, he. I think he's one of those guys that it's, it's always going to be a dangerous fight. Uh, and again, if he, that's the, and you haven't touched the ground with him yet. He's still a solid black belt. He's, he's, he has amazing chokes. And uh, I think he's just one of those guys that doesn't get enough respect, you know?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, It's, it's funny how he doesn't get a lot of respect because perhaps it's because he's so quiet and kind of yeah. stays under the radar, doesn't fight often. Yeah. Now, yeah. a guy who you fought who does get a lot of respect, who's who's always been in the forefront of the, of the division and a couple of different divisions, and that's Jose Aldo. Yeah. Yep, so, yep. what is your thoughts on him? He's obviously retired now, so you know it doesn't really. He's not listening, thinking was, like yeah. What's this guy? <laughs> so yeah. So what are your thoughts on Aldo? Uh
2: he's a legend. You know, he, he, I believe he's boxing now. So uh, you know, excited to see how that plays out. Um, he has some solid leg kicks. I feel like I still, I'm still feeling some of those leg kicks. <laughs> uh, he was quick. You know, I, I, when I fought him, I, I wasn't really listening to the hype. I, he was slow and all that because I, I felt the use. he's still fast, he's still quick, and he still can pop. He hit me with one shot instantly broke my orbit. I was like, oh, here we go. This was going to be a long night. So uh, he still has that power. He still has that quickness. And um, I'm excited to see what he does in the boxing world.
1: Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how he's able to transition. Even at his age, he's still yeah. an amazing athlete. Now, yeah. this is one of the things that makes the division so dynamic to me and so special to me is that, a guy like Cody Garbrandt, who seemed untouchable at times, and then it just now everybody just passed him up, and it doesn't look like he really lost a step. It just looks like everybody got that much better. Now you fought yes. him. What were your yes. thoughts going into the fight, and how did it play out? In
2: considering that, how it went, that fight I was I was I would say real conservative. I, I, I try to really uh, play a, play a strict game plan and keep it real basic. Uh, he's so quick, and so explosive, and hits so hard that. Uh, you can't give that guy an inch, you know, and uh, and he can wrestle. So and I think he's naturally just a good, quick athlete. You know, um, he was throwing some of those combinations. I could just hear like like like, like the, the wind just flying by my ears, and <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it was just going. I was like, wow, this kid is quick. Like you all, you always hear it, but when you you know when you feel it and you see, it, you're like, all right. You know, so I I could feel that. So I wasn't pushing too hard on that fight. And um, yeah, man. And then again, you have yeah, you have that. That quick rise, you know, like going from I believe five and zero to get into the championship fast, you know, like, it's, it's unheard of for, for especially at the EFC. It's kind of hard, and uh, he did that, so you got to give him a lot of respect for that. And um, I just think, you mean this division, you're, you're always kind of playing with fire, and I think he's got burnt a couple times.
1: Now this fight got me in trouble a little bit. You kind of got me in trouble here in this fight because oh, from a I was watching your fight with Cheeto Vera, and from a coaching perspective, I'm thinking, man, like you were piecing him up your numbers were good, like everything looked good, except for yep. the moments where you got clipped, it just did all the damage. But yeah. with like, if you take away those three or four punches in the fight, like, I'm like, I thought, I was like, Rob kind of won this fight. Now, looking back at that fight, what do, how do you assess your performance and what do you think of, it, of the fight? And then what do you think of Cheeto?
2: A lot of respect for Cheeto. You know, uh, it's great to see what he's done. You know, he, he, he went from losing to Aldo to then beating Frankie, myself and Cruz which is, you know, which is huge. I feel like that, that fight that night, I, uh, I I felt like I did enough to kind of squeak out the round, but like you said, I, I basically lost every every round the last, like, 20, 30 seconds, you know? Um, I would say he I, I got off the numbers and then he got off the damage. And, um, and you know, obviously that, that plays a lot to the judges. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's like, it's not like necessarily like boxing where, if, you know, the numbers really played out. Like, it's like, feel like, MMA is more, like, you, 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 you can land them more punches, but if, you, you know, you're walking away the way I was walking away, the judge is going to, uh, you know, give him that round. Uh, he's tough. He, he's, he's, his cardio is there. Uh, his defense is there, you know, and uh, he's just another another tough killer that I think that has a real good shot against the belt.
1: Excellent. So let's talk about the, the man who – well, actually, even before we get to that, like, and I, I kind of omitted him until now because I wanted to get – kind of get those other guys out of the way. Sean O'Malley, a guy who just kind of came out of nowhere – I mean he's been around for a little bit but like his popularity seems to be what really sets him apart from everybody else he's kind of a star in the division but yet he's still in my opinion he's still willing to to be a dog with you guys what are your thoughts yeah. on Sean O'Malley
2: yeah man you, I, I think you, you, you gotta be a huge fan of Sean O'Malley especially after that uh Peter Young fight you know um he, he showed that he, he can he can get in there he, he can take shots he can deliver shots um he can keep the fight standing and uh and he can and he can wrestle you know so um and he has the buzz, you know, he has the buzz, he has the following, he, he's, he, he has the reach, you know, he, he has uh everything, everything to get him to that belt, you know, and I'm pretty sure the UFC is in love with him and they want to promote as much as possible. So,
1: you know, we just rattled off, you know, a gang of guys who I think could fight for that belt and, and it could be justified. Like, I can put an argument for almost every last one of those guys. In your opinion, who's the top weight contender who should fight for the belt?
2: I would say deservingly, probably the winner of that Cheeto-Corey fight. You know, you want to go with the money playoffs, so you got to go with O'Malley. You know? I mean, and um, I didn't
1: even bring up Henry. So, like, and I kind of, yeah. like, kept him out of it because he hasn't fought in a while, so.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then, obviously, you have Henry. That's an exciting fight. He, uh, obviously, he didn't lose the belt. He retired on his own, so you can bring that in. But I will say, besides him, I would say the winner of that Cheeto-Corey fight. Okay.
1: Now, it's been, there's speculation, unofficially, you've been, and it's been announced that you are going to be fighting... Adrian Yana is sometime in April. Yes, um, sir. What does that fight mean to you? What are the implications of that fight, and how important is that fight for the division?
2: It's huge, man. It's huge. I, again, like I have to get back in that win column. I gotta get. Um I can't let this guy, uh, you know, make a name off my name. It's unfortunate that I have a, had a bunch of opportunities and I didn't take advantage of them. So I don't want to let this guy take advantage of his opportunity, you know. And um, I want to get in there and, and shut him out. This is going to be this is a hard fight, though. He, he's young, he's up and coming, he's hungry, he's on a, he's on a believe five fight win streak. So you know he has that momentum on his on his way uh, going his way. You know he can hit, he can crack. Uh, and, and, and I'm pretty sure, you know what I'm saying, like, not too many. You haven't seen his ground game. guaranteed guarantee he has a solid ground team. So, again, this is, this fight is just as scary as if I was fighting a Corey Sanding or a Cheeto fight. Um, only thing is, like, I don't, I don't, you know, everything's on me. If I lose this fight, I'm in the back of the line. And he gains everything. So, you know, this is his opportunity. and I can't, I'm, I'm trying to, like, you know, shut that down. Do you know what he's ranked? I want to say, like, 14 or something like that.
1: Okay, I got it. it. It's, he's 13 right now. But I 13. think that speaks volumes of the importance of the division because you got a guy who's 13, right? And then there's, you know, a bunch of guys like Jonathan Martinez and, you know, and all these other guys that are sitting right next to him that are trying to prove that they can compete with you guys. So to me, I feel like that's an important statement for you. And I don't want to put any weight on your shoulders, any pressure on you, but I almost feel like this is a, this is a fight where it's like, okay, can these guys in the 10, 11, 12, 13 ranking compete with these guys? above the top 10 and i think this yeah. is where i think where you're going to come into play and go nah i gotta shut it down right now
2: 100 you know i think i think um it said that the uc has, has their eye on that guy you know they have they have his, their eye on the guy um i think he's deserving of a shot of a, at a top you know 10 guy and and it seems like you know if they're willing to put him in there you know again, you know, i'm more than welcome to kind of welcome to the top five and and, and uh moving his night but this is a tough fight man i'm excited it kind of gets me going um at first um when I heard about it, I was like, oh, man, we're fighting, a, you know, a guy coming off the contender series and and all that. But then it was like, oh, man, get the, as I kind of did more of a deep dive, I'm like, oh, this is a legit fight. This is not just a, a whatever fight, you know. We're, we're getting in there. This guy, this guy can put me out anytime."
1: Yeah, he's legit, no doubt about that. Now, one more thing before I let you go. First off, I appreciate you coming on, but the last thing I want to ask you about is when we're going to have our jab off. My jab versus your jab, Rob Font.
2: Me and you, a jab off. Oh, man, I would love to get in there with the legend D. Thomas, you know. Uh, yeah, anytime, bro. Anytime, you, I would love to play around, get, pick up some tips uh, and, you know, uh, and um, learn from you. But uh, we can do that for sure. I, I have faith in my jab, bro.
1: I know you do, man. And I love your jab, man. The jab works for you. And what you guys have done at the New England Cartel has been absolutely phenomenal. Shout out to Tyson and, all, and your whole squad over there. Appreciate Best of luck with, with you and your guy this weekend. And oh, I man, appreciate you, you coming on the show
2: today, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, man. I would love to do the game right before my next fight, so let me know.
1: We got you, man. We'll have you on. Awesome, man. Thank you. All right, you. my brother. Peace out. Appreciate it. Rob, thank you for the time, and I am looking forward to our jab off. But to answer the question, who's the top Bantamweight contender? My answer is, and like I told Rob, I am not going to butcher his last name. That is Marab. Marab is the top Bantamweight contender. On this episode, you got my answers to these three questions. One, who will win each main card fight at UFC 283? Two, what the fuck is up with all the fighters bulking up lately? And three, who's the top Bantamweight contender? Thanks for listening to Dean's Got Answers. We'll be back in the near future with a new episode, but be sure to follow me on Twitter at DeanThomas. Dean is spelled D-I-N, and leave a rating and a review for the podcast. Tune in next time as I'll have answers for everything going on in the UFC. Now, those are my answers. If you have any more questions, don't be bashful. Hit me up. And if you see me in the street, i your wallet.
0: Peace. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play.